0: Welcome to Comic Book Nation's The Poolist List, where we talk about comics from all companies of all kinds every single week. I am Matt Aguilar here, and of course, we got the crew and a new joining to the show, uh, Kofi Outlaw. What's up, buddy?
1: What's up, buddy? How are you doing?
0: Doing good. Uh, and from location, from the store, <laughs> Adam Barnhart, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about some comics. Absolutely. Uh, So for those who haven't uh, joined us previously, the pull list is your one stop shop for for comics. We cover everything from the big two, but also we cover a lot of other books from every other company. Uh, We talk in depth about two main books and then we kind of give our record pass. Uh, recommendation at the end to let you know if you should go into your local comic shop or on your digital storefront of choice and go grab it. Uh, We do these every single week. You can catch us also on the audio side, if you prefer to do that, on our podcast platform of choice. And you can also catch us talking comics on our main show on Fridays. So don't worry, we're still talking comics there. But this format gives us a little bit of a chance to actually go in deep on comics and and actually really uh, talk about them. We got uh, some big ones today. we're going to start with superior Spider-Man number one, but we also just to balance things out, uh, have, (laughs) we're going to talk the Deviant as well for something like completely on the opposite side of things. And then we're going to go through some rapid fire reviews of some books that I know Adam, uh, and Kofi are both uh, excited to talk about. So first though, let's start with superior Spider-Man number one, superior Spider-Man. We've talked about it on the main show a little bit, that character and that. That time frame uh, in Spider-Man's mythology has uh, a lot of fans. It's a a fan favorite interpretation. Uh, It was essentially Dr. Octopus becoming Spider-Man for a while and kind of lending his genius to what is already a genius in Peter Parker and becoming a better Spider-Man. And so that that has kind of stuck out even when everything went back to the status quo that has stuck out. Well, now Superior Spider-Man is back, but it's kind of back in in theory, because we're on issue two now, uh, and that character is actually not back yet. <laughs> it's not back yet. Um, so I guess the main question I wanted to start with, Adam reviewed the book for us, uh, for comicbook.com, which you can check out on the site. But, you know, is that magic still there? Is, uh, you know, that the things that I remember, I loved that storyline. Uh, it's one of the reasons I defend a lot of like, you know, dance Slott, Spider-Man runs, is like, that's one of the runs I always point through That's uh, I just adored. So does it still have that here is is something missing? Do you like it more like where do you stand? Let's we'll start with with you, Adam, because you reviewed the book for us uh, to answer your
2: magic question. No, absolutely not. Uh, it's just totally <laughs> to for impossible. me, at least. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, that's the thing. It's like you said this. W- we got that bizarre zero issue or one shot or whatever, you know, superior returns. Then we get this and, you know, we don't have superior Spider-Man yet. We hardly even have Dr. Ock, you know, in this one issue. Um, so, I, you know, it gets to, I think, what's even worse than a bad comic is is a comic that makes you feel nothing. And to me, this was just kind of a nothing burger. You know, I felt nothing after reading it. It's just, you know, and then I started questioning. um I almost said reality. I just necessity. I guess <laughs> <laughs> this comic threw wow. me into an existential crisis. Um, Maybe oh, question my life. <laughs> Spider Man wow. is. I'll probably get some hate for this or some flag. But Spider Man's one of the most vanilla characters, either at Marvel or DC. And you need something to, you know, you need like the toffee bits or or something, you know, to sprinkle on top. And and that's what Superior Spider-Man the original did. And that's totally missing um, from this. Magic was nowhere near this
0: issue for me. Also, learning about uh, Adam's ice cream preferences with the
2: toffee bits. Yeah, butter brickle <laughs> is my favorite ice cream. <laughs> I'll just throw crazy. that out there. You
0: got to read between the lines and really find yeah. the big information here. That's what we're going to take yeah. away from this. Kofi, what are you? Uh, what are you feeling? I remember you being kind of lukewarm on that prologue too.
1: Yeah, I, I think that. I think Superior Spider-Man is a case where Marvel kind of wrote, wrote themselves into a corner. I think people love that version of the character. But finding a way to explain how we get to superior Spider-Man, like it worked initially, like that worked for that storyline. You know, something happened to Peter Doc Ock swips, you know, trades brains. It's very comic booky, but you got it. Him having to walk through Peter's shoes as Spider-Man from this new angle and use his genius in different ways, how it affected him, how he affected the kind of image of Spider-Man. That was all interesting, right? Like that's, why that character appealed even if the actual superior storylines were kind of dumb a lot of the time like the actual larger arcs he was on this is in this and i think it's true for across spider man comics right now i don't think these are what we're getting as advertised i feel like it's just one big mash of continuity they're trying to fix straighten out or reinvigorate in some way that's why Now we have all these, this issue is just all about the forgotten things, the forgotten realities. We all forgot about Spider-Boy. Doc Ock forgot about Superior Spider-Man. None of us can make sense of this. I don't even know if there's a human being on the planet right now who is so dedicated to Spider-Man comics that they can straighten out the last 10 years of them. I don't know if that person exists. I'm sure there's a whole room full of Marvel people that sit down and have to do all this and they end up like Charlie and Sonny in Philadelphia with the Carol you know, mural behind them. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's kind of hard to know like it, if they have anything to even do, they have to clean up so much stuff. And this is essentially what this issue is doing still. It's cleaning up, like, kind of all of the mess of the continuity to even be able to access Superior Spider-Man. We got to undo all this stuff with Doc Ock first, right? And so how we're going to go from him remembering who Peter is in his time as superior Spider-Man to getting that back is something that this book really does have to pull off and it has to pull it off of it
2: quick.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that's going to kind of lead into my second question of if can this be salvaged? Uh, can can it, you know, it's one of those things you always hear about, a, you know, a show or whatever, and it's got like a, you know, lackluster couple of first episodes but people are like but like episode four if you can make it to episode four it's amazing and it's awesome from that point out and this one this issue and the last issue is but this one especially feels like that they are trying to figure out a way to get him back to being superior spider-man without screwing up their new status quo that's what this feels like right they are trying to figure out a way to get doc Ock back to that character without Having him switch brains and do all the stuff again because they can't do that. They got other stuff going on, and so that's what this feels like. And you know, there's parts of this issue I actually like. I, I I'm going to also draw flack, and I probably drew flack when I said this before. I I really actually enjoy Spider Boy <laughs> a lot. Uh-huh. I actually like liked that series. I liked him in Edge or End or whatever the Spider Verse book that kind of introduced him was. I enjoyed his role in that. So, like, I've grown on that. I didn't like the idea at all when it was first introduced, and now it's grown on me. It's a lot like Damien in that respect. Um, So, his parts of the book I enjoy, but this is like a Spider Boys, Spider Man book for half of it. And then it's flashbacks, and then it's a little bit of in the present. And then we literally get Doc Ock at the very end. Like, there's so much here that's just not what was advertised. And I agree with Kofi on that. Like, it, it's not a bait and switch because I don't think it's malicious and I don't think it was just to sell stuff. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, my God, can we get to what we came to the series for? And right now, they're not they're not there yet. I think I don't actually know if this is an ongoing off time of my brain or if this is a mini. I can't I, I want to say it's an ongoing. I don't I didn't see a, a mini tag on it. So if it's an ongoing, I think it can. It's got to get past, like, the first, like, let's establish everything. Let's get Doc Ock back in the suit. Let's do all that stuff and get there. And once we get there, maybe we can run with it at that point. Uh, But I will also say I don't know if a bunch of people are going to stick around for that, if that takes three, four, five issues. It's at least taking three. If it takes more than that, I don't know how many are going to stay on board. Um, There was also a touch on, I I know Jim Fiscardi had big passionate things about this, uh, the artwork. Uh, It is Mark Bag look, Mark no Bagley idea. is like one of the I don't think you can. I, I understand when people are like they don't like like his artwork or they don't like they're they're tired of his Spider-Man, but like he's one of the quintessential Spider-Man artists. Like I I can't envision this man drew Spider-Man when I was really into that character and those like I will never be able to separate that in my brain. So I don't mind it. Um, and it feels very much like his style of Spider-Man that doesn't mean that there aren't you know um some panels that feel like rushed or that not even feel rushed they just don't feel I don't know so they don't stand out for all the reasons I I wish they they would but do you feel like this would have been better with a different artist
1: I I mean as much as I want to keep going back to 90s Spider-Man quote-unquote glory um yeah I think I think the book I think part of making this fresh again is giving it a fresh look and maybe even doing it and get dangerous with Spider-Man, like take an art, do an artistic take that like few of us would expect. Do it in a different kind of way. Get somebody new who's willing to get a little weird with it and crazy, because Spider-Man can be a weird, quirky kind of fun character. Look at Spider-Verse movies and like everything they've done there just to kind of in the different interpretations of Spider-Men and women and things. So I think they do as much as I want to hang on to Mark Bagley's work and remember my glory days on being on the floor as a kid reading comics, like more and more just starts to look kind of outdated. Anything that makes me feel like 90s comics, it's not necessarily great anymore um, to me, but that's just personally me. But I think a lot of what you said, just kind of echoing and coming back to it, like with Spider Boy, like, yeah, I like these characters. But it's just clear that no pun intended, there's like such a tangled web of continuity around all this that nobody can like have any fun with this without having to slop, through, you know, comb through all these knots and get it out like we should be able to just enjoy a spider boy. I hope they just go crazy and pull like Superior Spider-Man from another dimension or some other thing or some other way that he exists separate from both Peter and Doc Ock now and he's his own person that would get weird for oh, me yeah. and be kind of cool. And he's like a little bit kind of Spider Man ish, but a little bit Doc Ock ish, and he's neither of them. And like, we just have him being in the middle of things like that would get weird. I'd love that. So, yeah, get weird, get a little dangerous with Spider Man. I feel like, as as Adam said, like it's just so vanilla a lot of the time. And the most dangerous thing we do with this character is, is he single or is he not? And like, it's like, yeah, we can get a little bit more dangerous than
2: that. <laughs> you you Adam- brought up a good point. I'm just waiting for like. Issue three or four, where the logos actually comes out, you know, on the trade dress and it says Superior Spider Boy or something like that. I go, oh, okay, so that's, <laughs> that's how it <he> comes down.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I had to read that book. All right, anyway, sorry. That's my, that's what, do you, so do you think it can recapture it, Adam? Do you think, do you think it'll, yeah. it'll, it can stick the landing if, if it just takes some
2: time to get, um, stuff I, I put way too much commitment in the comics. I can never stop halfway through an arc or something. You know, I have to see it through to the end of the arc. So maybe, maybe, I mean, it's not like I'm going to drop it just quite yet. But who? what reboot or, you know, whatever you want to call it, revival is better than the original. You know, I don't maybe a little bit, uh, you know, maybe it'll capture the magic a little bit. But, you know, I'm not holding my I'm certainly not holding my breath after reading the two we've read so far. But you know, that's fair. maybe, maybe have a little optimism. I guess maybe I don't know. That's fair. Mad Max, that's the only answer I have. Oh, oh, oh yeah, one. okay. That's the only answer I have. That's I was trying thing.
1: to think of one and I couldn't. <laughs> my brain like started spazzing out. I was like, I don't know, is there? Mad Max, is the only sole example I can think of off the yeah. top of my head. That's a good uh, thing. If you want to count the suicide squad in there, I guess. Ooh, oh, that's, that's a, a- well, uh, but I think your yes. points, I think those prove that you're kind of right. Is the amount yeah, of str- yeah. uh, that we're doing here it kind of proves your point
0: there. Those are the exception, uh, not the rule. You know what's not uh, better than the original? Chips. The re- that remakes up.
1: Anyway. Oh my
0: God. Okay. <laughs> I love chips. Chips, Honestly, are is, good. Good. chips <laughs> is a <laughs> classic. Book.
1: man. would anyway. be another Eric Estrada. That is true. <laughs>
0: All right, All right. so we're going to move into something completely different <laughs> and uh, a little horror, uh, bringing in a ho- little, uh, you know, little James Tynion, uh inspired horror series. Uh, his series kind of outside of the big two, I feel like, have established a uh, reputation for for taking some chances and, and doing some uh, things. I mean, especially look, we're, we're big fans of something is killing the children. Um, I'm a huge fan of House of Slaughter. Uh, Kofi's a huge fan of, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the lake house, right? Not the lake house. Lake house is a wonderful rom-com
1: oh, house on the lake. Yeah. Nice, nice house on the lake. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so like, you know, he's got kind of a, of a rep for, for doing some interesting things. And so when I saw that we were doing something inspired by the Christmas season, a little kind of, uh, you know, killer Santa esque thing, you always never know if there's going to be something supernatural with it. So the Deviant number one uh, hits, and um, you know, I guess because we're we're standing on those other, we're comparing it to those other series. How do you feel this stands up to his other original books? Um, you know, by the way, and, and also kind of curious too. What's what's your actual favorite of his uh, kind of non big two books? Uh, let's start with Adam. Did
2: you have a chance to read this one? I did, yeah, and I'm gonna be super impartial to it because, like, Christmas horrors, like my little niche. I love you put like a Santa hat with blood splatters, and I'll probably get an instant five out of five. I just (laughs) just love Christmas horror, and it's great, you know. And I, you know, you talk Mm -hmm. about Tinian's indie stuff, um, and and I think he has a well deserved reputation, you know. You see those Roman numerals. On a, on a horror indie book. And I'll, in my experience, I've enjoyed mostly everything he's put out. And The Deviants, no exception. I thought it was a really solid debut. Kofi, what'd you think?
1: I think this one was interesting. In fact, weirdly enough, I had to keep checking the, the front and making sure I wasn't reading a Tom King book for a little bit. I was like, is this I a I can movie? see that. Right? But this one, I mean, because it's just... The The way it jumps between time periods and the way the the panels are set up as like, you know, conversational panels and, and very good, well-written conversation and, and engrossing conversation. it It had a very Tom King effect on me, but it wasn't like as what I thought it was. And that's not a knock against it. I could see that it's building this kind of larger mythology over time periods, and it did just enough to kind of keep me intrigued and to kind of see like what's going on with this. But it was not quite what I thought when I opened when I saw the cover and I opened the book, I was like, and started getting into it. I was like, OK, well, this isn't what I thought. But again, not. Not uninteresting of these, you know, all the themes that are going on in here and kind of what's working and just enough of the horror touch and some horrible stuff to kind of keep you. Intrigued or at least like, ooh, we don't get to a monster and kind of going in. So, I always give Tinian always can grab me pretty well at the beginning now. If we can keep up the steam, that's something different, but I am at least intrigued and I think that's the word I would use by this.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think um I and I in looking back it was probably on me because I I don't know why I I saw the cover, I know why. I saw the cover and you think, "Oh, okay, Killer Santa Claus." <laughs> like that that's strikes you immediately and then you think okay well we're probably going to there's probably going to be some kind of mystery about who it is or you know tracking down the killer something along those lines and it's it's really not you know who the killer is well or at least for all intents and purposes as they present it you know who the killer is half the book is talking to the the killer about things and filling in blanks and stuff like that and and honestly that's the stuff that he does best he dialogue and and conversational dialogue especially and um you know there was a there's conversations that's like very um you know silence of the lambs ish feels um across the table and and i do i did very much also get that king uh that king tone and and back and forth um but there's actually the stuff that the stuff that's in here that is brutal is sufficiently brutal, like it, that does live up to it. It's just not as prevalent as I thought, and the actual scares aren't as prevalent as I thought. But it does tee up things by the end to kind of now that we've set the stage, you know who the main people are. Um, I would be surprised if like next issue isn't heavier in that regard, if you're not going to get kind of more of the you know, in the moment tension creepiness of things. Um so I, again, I, I it kind of surprised me. It wasn't exactly what I expected, but that's also why I I liked it and why it continued to grab me. And I was like ultra tired when I read this. And there's a lot of dialogue. And typically when that happens, I'm like I had to shut it like 25% of the way through. I'll read this in the morning. I'm not there. My, my brain <laughs> I'm falling asleep playing a mobile game. Like it's not gonna happen. And I and I and I kept going. I was like, no, I want to see how this ends. I want I want to see it. And then I took a nap. <laughs> right after that so um yeah i'm digging it i'm, I'm interested to see where it goes but w- kofi which is your favorite of his of his like non-big-two series
1: oh did he did he do something that's killing the children yeah i would know more about that if you sent me my book so i don't know about that no i answer. knew it you <laughs> sent me up <laughs> <laughs> yes, dang it i no, do really like too. um oh. I, 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 House on the Lake. And, and, you know, obviously I like the way that Tinian and some of his indie work is especially kind of really working in these like major LGBTQ, you know, cultural themes and things like that into these books in ways that, you know, aren't heavy or very good, really make you think, really humanize these characters, like have characters that are so human and three dimensional and like Last House on the Lake is something or a nice house on the lake is something I would love to see as like an HBO series about it's got written all over it yeah it's got written all over it so that's my how that's my favorite by far this was interesting I think now looking at the title again I'm finally like oh I get it like I get the title now and like what (laughs) I just now kind of got it but um yeah he I mean he's just very good writer like no matter what like I'm intrigued by the ideas the themes the lines of dialogue I get in here so I like it all but the, yeah nice house on the lake is is definitely my fave. uh
0: yeah um you know Adam Hutzer,
2: which one's your favorite something you gotta go with you know something's killing the children that's one of the uh one of the indie books that just uh, it's great you know what's what uh indie books have all captured kind of all of comics you know like something that's killing the children saga <laughs> you know before it. Um, it's it's one of those rare books that's just absolutely excellent. So that's probably my favorite of his. Endy yeah. one at least.
0: Yeah, and I'll and I'll echo that same. Um that's that's one of my, keep so me out, one of my favorite books. And Good you know, books. I get a chance to read it every day because I have the <laughs> books right here.
2: So it's like not me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh we gotta move through these. Uh we just got a couple minutes left. So Adam, I know you had pointed out something in ghostwriter Rider 20. You wanted to give some props to.
2: Oh, sorry i opened a uh program no uh, so you said something uh that i want to speak on ghostwriter you said sufficiently brutal and that's kind of what ghostwriter has been throughout the the first 19 issues or whatever right um i'm surprised marvel's let you know percy and Corey smith uh push the boundaries as far as they have you know it's it gets pretty gory um, obviously they don't swear or do anything like that, but I mean it's it's bloody. There was a sequence where the spirit <laughs> busted out of Johnny's chest like it was an alien instead of just like burning away. It's it's been pretty crazy so far. But Ghost Rider 20 has one of the most bizarre scenes I I've seen in recent memory. I don't want to give too much away, but it's to save the world. Can do we talk spoilers on the yeah, yeah, list? Yeah yeah you can do yeah. yeah. So, out. So essentially essentially to save the world Johnny Blaze and Talia Ward have sex because they need to birth what's called a moon child. And That's it's right? the most bizarre sequence that ever happens. And I'm very suspicious because the same day this issue came out they announced that a new Ghost Rider's coming. Um But the moon child baby thing reminds me of, um, you know, that old viral video of the kids stuck in peanut butter. He goes like, ah, that's what this little (laughs) moon child thing reminds me of. He does nothing all issue. Um, He just kind of stands there with a flaming head and it's it's wild. It's bizarre. Um, There's only one issue left. man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like dangerous. I was gonna say they got edgy. Yeah, it's moon it's, fiery moon
2: babies. Is that edgy enough? <laughs> well, a fiery moon babies. It's yeah, just yeah, watch the sequence because yeah, when things happen, things explode, and it's 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 nuts. Um there's one issue left, so we'll see how they wrap it up. But my goodness, this this issue is just kind of it, it reads like a fever dream. <laughs> and uh I dig it. I dig fever dreams for the most part
0: <laughs> Kofi I know you wanted to touch on um alien is it was that a fever dream for you
1: um no it's a it's a continuation of the last Declan Shalvey and Andrea uh Ricardo are kind of continuing their alien saga they've kind of teased weaving some bigger things I've been enjoying these anthologies I think they're both this and the predator series are good for kind of exploring some new ideas for these franchises and so uh yeah, this new arc begins. It's a sequel to the last arc, which is kind of rare in these comics. And so far it's been a, uh, it's been pretty interesting. So I'm kind of interested to see where this next one goes.
0: Uh for me closing out our rapid fire reviews, uh, Green Lantern number five. Uh this man, this book just uh this like captures like everything I love about Green Lantern, uh from the from the very like basic, like how versus Sinestro type setup, but they're in very different places to constructs that aren't like simple things. Like, yes, he uses a Katana at one point, which rules, but like at one point he literally has, he has to create two simultaneous constructs that go like complete opposite sides of the, of the planet. And like, you have like a, a dog on one side and then you've got like this phoenix on the other and like it's just big and epic and everything like green lantern should be you should not be making just like baseball bats power beams and boxing gloves he should make other stuff (laughs) so like i'm psyched for that where we leave sinestro is great i think what they've done with sinestro kind of building him back up and Trying to find new ways to make him vulnerable is really good, so yeah. Uh, a lot of praise for that. So, I'm gonna cut the last book because we are out of time. But, uh, you know, for our, <laughs> I, I'm, I know what the answer is going to be, but for record pass, uh, do we give a let's start with Kofi. Uh, what are, what are you coming in on? Thumbs up, thumbs down on uh, Superior Spider Man number one. I'm
1: gonna say thumbs down if you're not like deeply invested in Spider Man, I don't see how you enjoy this. Yeah. Adam, where are you coming in? Thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs down, down for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I give, like, Private, Boy,
0: can I give Spider Boy? Can I Spider Boy
1: a <laughs> thumbs up in the and book? You gotta rabbit, so you better choose All now. Right,
0: thumbs down, fine, thumbs down. There we go. <laughs> uh, and the deviant. Uh Kofi, where are you feeling?
1: I'm gonna say thumbs up. I think Tinian's interesting and I think there's oh, quite a few more sophisticated
2: comic readers that would enjoy this. Adam? Likewise, man, it's perfect for the season.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give that a thumbs up, too. I think it hits all the right notes. Uh, And you can check out more coverage on these comics. Uh, We've got a ton of reviews going up on comicbook.com today. And, of course, you can check out more from the pull list right here on Comic Book Nation YouTube page and on your audio podcast platform of choice. Catch you next time. Peace.
1: Deuces.